0: This is a production of Epic Media. We are back in the Weirs Machine Racing Products booth here at PRI on day two with Nick Hoffman. How's PRI been going for you? We've been trying to get this a few days now, but we finally got it. You must be pretty busy.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I was going to be the first guy to even just try this deal out, and then I end up being like one of the last. So uh, It's going really good. Obviously, there's a ton of people here, uh, about as busy as I've seen it, and I've been getting kind of stuck in my areas talking to the people i need to talk to but haven't really made it very far to see everything so i'm um, trying to get make my rounds
0: how'd this all start for you
1: yeah so i've kind of raced anything and everything i've always kind of been my motto just laps in any kind of race car helps no matter what it is even i'm an avid sim racer you know racing online uh, i was one of the first guys kind of doing that and grew up racing online and I feel like that's huge for kids growing up, so I pushed that really hard too, but quarter midgets and bandoleros, legend cars, a lot of asphalt racing growing up, and then I uh, grew up around dirt racing when my dad racing modifieds and uh, move, made the switch to move to North Carolina from St. Louis, and obviously North Carolina is very asphalt central base, so did a lot of that, and then uh, now I've made my way back dirt racing when I was, uh, I guess I would have been 13 when I started back dirt racing, you know? And, um, I've ran everything all the way up to the NASCAR truck series, you know, ran a few races there. So I enjoy dirt racing, and that's kind of what I've made a living at now And uh, with my chassis company and then racing. So I've been running Modifieds now for this will be my 13th year, I think. So a lot of years racing, you know, quite a bit of experience at a lot of different racetracks. So it, uh, it's starting to pay off. So when you jumped back into
0: dirt, was it right back into a modified or was it a stock car?
1: Yeah, so we ran some street stock stuff around the Carolina areas and uh, a couple of racetracks there. The street stock deal down there is actually really, really large, Monte Carlo body stuff. And ran decent. Them guys are tough. And then when I got into modified, just kind of bought an old junker and uh, ran it for about a year and a half. And. Yeah, did the right thing with me taking me back to Illinois and racing against tough competition and uh, you're only as good as the, the people you race against um, so once you conquer one thing you got to move to another and uh, he's always done a good job of like pushing me along and making me run against the best guys in the country so uh, I got my ass kicked for quite a while you know and then after that then started to win a couple races and it's gone really well. Where would you say is the hotbed
0: for modified racing? Is it in the midwest or is there, is there a couple different pockets you know in the, the asphalt world it's the Midwest and the South are, are yeah. really where where you want to be if a super late for the modified, right. Where is that region? Yeah,
1: so obviously Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, a little bit Ohio area uh, is 100% the hotbed. Illinois is the toughest state that you you know for us that we go to with UMP. You know, obviously the IMCA, the USMTS guys, more con- Kansas area all the way up to. North, South Dakota, Iowa and stuff, we don't ever venture that far. Um, obviously Illinois for me is 10, 12 hour drive, no matter what, but uh, I go there all the time. You know, I just, it, it's a long tra- you know, travel distance and you gotta deal with the mountains and stuff for me to get over there, but that's where I enjoy racing the most. Uh, they got the best race tracks and the best racers ever, You know, show up on a weekly basis. What's been one of your favorite moments in racing? couple of them you know um, with my modified program winning the the very last fall nationals at Eldora kind of that was the second fall nationals that I won uh, so the last one was really special to me the first fall nationals was probably the biggest career monumental win for me I would we had just built that elite chassis deal I was it was the start of my you know career in building and building race cars uh, built that car in 17 days from the tubing rack all the way to the racetrack showed up with this car at the biggest race of the year 137 modifieds there and it was like a Cinderella weekend you know nothing could go wrong uh, went out there first laps on the racetrack go quick time over 130 cars and then win my heat race on a last lap pass and then start in the top four I don't even remember where I started but when win the national deal in a, in a car that we put to, you know just threw together, and really at that time I'm eighteen years old, don't really know what the hell I'm doing, you know, just got lucky, I guess you know, and just it snowballed from there um, eighteen years old, and guys are wanting to buy cars and and I'm taking deposits for monies that I've never even kind of seen before, you know I'm like, holy shit, man, I don't know what to do with all this, and so I had to learn really quick and kind of learn the hard way, but uh obviously it, it's turned out to be a pretty you know big deal.
0: That's what I was going to ask. Was it was it a bigger deal for you as a racer or a bigger deal for you as a, as a chassis builder?
1: Yeah, I guess both. As a racer, that was because really the only other big race before that I had won was that year I won the Gator National that put me on the map, the one the 5000 there at Volusia. That was my first Gator and that was like people started to kind of pay attention and then I didn't really win. I won races throughout that year but nothing big and then I show up at Eldora with that deal and, and blow it out of the water and yeah and then you know I started getting phone calls and so my chassis company blew up quick you know and and it's it's stayed busy since that you know even that night so yeah as a, as a racer anytime you stand on the stage at Eldora is huge and I've been a- you know able to do that probably eight or ten times now which is really cool but um you know just a win at Eldora just uh, I think that's a career feat for anybody
0: what's your favorite track that you've raced
1: yeah, so anybody, you know, they know me, That they know I like Volusia, you know, I went a lot of races there. Uh, I've had a lot of success there. So that and, and Eldora is obviously a, a big place for crown jewels and stuff. Uh, if we're talking like just regular racetracks show up and race, uh, I-55, people Missouri, uh, grew up in the grandstands there. But, man, I think a lot of even sprint car racers that go there, they say that's one of their favorite racetracks. It's just perfectly laid out. It's really good size, big slide jobs. I mean, normally has a thin cushion right against the wall, so it's technical, and then it's normally pretty slick. So it's super fun, high banked. I mean, that place is badass.
0: Is there a track, a bucket list track for you that you want to be able to race at, either on the dirt side or either on the NASCAR side or the yeah. the pavement side?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, as far as dirt, um, somewhere that I haven't been, uh, like somewhere even like Magnolia down there, it seems like it would fit my driving style or like Lucas Oil Speedway. I've never been there. That place looks really cool. Even, you know, a lot of people give me crap about never going to Boone or anything like that. You know, that would be... Neat. Obviously, I don't do any IMCA stuff, so that's kind of like off my radar. But I wouldn't mind going there and party a little bit, hang out. But go be a spectator. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I'd be a good spectator there. Do you have any dreams to get back to asphalt? Or are you gonna be a dirt guy? Yeah, I pretty much, you know, stuck to the dirt racing. I was fortunate enough to meet Mike Mittler when I was really young, um, and Dad worked for him, and Mittler improved a lot of people's careers you know he's the one that really helped push along Jamie McMurray and Carl Edwards and Brad Keselowski and, and all them guys and when I was growing up and I was you know eight eight ten years old uh, Mike would always tell me whenever you turn 18 we're gonna put you in this truck and hell you know I turned 18 and he put me in the truck you know it was just something that you know he's a man of his word and we ran a couple of races there and, and run really good and then uh, this past year there he got diagnosed with cancer and he for years he wanted me to run that Eldora truck race you know come come run Eldora and I think we'll have a good shot at winning it you know he had good equipment for the dirt race there obviously Bobby was good every year so I showed up there I wanted to do that deal for him and uh, we run 10th at Eldora in, in the truck series so that was huge for me um and then you know it was good for him and everything and uh obviously now he's passed away and uh it was just really cool for me to, to do that for him and, and him give back to so many different people
0: if there's is there one guy that you'd love to beat on a last lap pass
1: uh yeah there's I I would say, I've said this in a couple interviews here in the last couple weeks, and I think most people know, like, Kyle Strickler is the toughest guy for me to race with. Uh, I race against him quite a bit. Um, He's a hell of a race car driver. He'll run you hard. And then we've gotten to the point now where, like, we run each other really hard and get out and bullshit about it, you know, where 10 years ago, like, we'd end up just wrecking each other on the front stretch and get out and want to fight, you know, like, we hated each other. And we've got to the point now where... He's went off and, and won his races and, and done really well and, and I've done, you know, pretty decent. So he's he's the guy that you want to show up and beat. So yeah, he uh, beat him on the last lap pass would be pretty cool. Uh, him or anymore now, you know, like if I ever had a chance to race against my dad back then, you know, you know, whoop his ass on the last lap deal would be uh, pretty cool. What for you is more is more satisfying? Seeing your own
0: win or seeing your chassis, your cars perform well or maybe see somebody that maybe struggled in another brand. They they make the switch over to you, and all of a sudden now they're running up front.
1: Yeah, so uh, we do it quite a bit. You know, I, I don't build a ton of cars, but uh, I've got a lot of guys out there winning races. And uh, like this year, Tyler nicely had a record year for himself. You know, won over 20 races and was leading the national championship from day one all the way to the last couple weeks there and obviously I stole it away from you know it kind of sucks that it's a customer you steal it away from but financially you know I had to chase it and go for it and it was kind of one thing on my bucket list that I wanted to do and he's gonna get plenty of years to to go out there and win that deal and you know he'll you know have a really good shot at it this year so uh, so like him obviously went in a lot of races Uh, Will Krupp one of my best friends also goes from racing maybe 15 races a year to this year runs 70 races and and won a lot of races so um then you got you know i got guys all over the country that that are running really well and i'm excited to get to florida i got uh we'll probably have about seven cars down there uh and we we'll ha- i i know that you know most of them guys will you know have a really good shot at winning We've got a couple of new guys coming into the deal that that are really strong runners um that i feel like you know they're gonna be tough to to deal with Taylor Cook, who was, you know, just switching over from uh, Harris, more of an IMCA-style race car, over to, you know, our stuff. He's obviously a really good race car driver, uh, so he's going to be tough. He Last year, he beat me at Volusia. Uh, he passed me with two to go, and, and I was leading, and he ended up going on and winning, so uh, he'll be tough. Um, obviously, our standard guy is nicely in, in Krupp. Um, they'll be there. Um, and then one of the, the hotlights uh, that I'm pumped up about is getting Justin Allgaier in a car. So Allgaier's getting a car this year, and he's going to debut it at Florida, and I think uh, you know we'll see him up front. It'll be pretty cool. How do you balance your
0: time at the racetrack between being the, the car owner, the kind of the chassis guy, and then your own program?
1: Yeah, it's tough. Um, so throughout the summer, Dad he could come on the weekends and help me but during the week you know he's got a full-time job so summer nationals you're racing every single day so i there was quite a few races where i'm there by myself and got a wrench on that thing and then go over and help you know one of my customers or sit there and answer questions or whatever so it's a lot uh especially florida you know you get seven or eight of them guys down there and you're trying to focus on your own racing program and then you got a million questions and like, I forget stuff so quick because I'm so zoned in on my own stuff. Like, I know exactly what I got. They'll come and ask me on Monday, like, hey, I got a 600-pound spring in the left front. You know, I'm too tight. Like, what do I need to do? And two later, two days later, I'm like, what did you ha- say that you had over there? Like, it's just like everything goes to a blank. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot, you know. It just... And I'm trying to do it all myself. And my dad, he he takes care of the drivetrain because he's an engine guy. So he builds all my motors, takes care of all that stuff, and he makes sure everything stays clean. And you know, he's super neat. And I'm, you know, I try and stay really organized too. So it takes a, you know, a group effort. But uh, like that Florida deal is a lot of fun, but it's it's a lot of work. You know, it just it is a vacation to me, just like PRI here. This is a vacation to me. Uh, but it was a hell of a lot of work to get here. You know. How did you get hooked up with Chad and the entire uh, Weir's Machine Racing Products team? Uh, so when I had first started my company, uh, I was building that car for, for Eldora, and I had called him like a week or two before, and- uh, now you come in this booth, I mean, he's got a million products here, you know, and at that time he had, you know, his standard stuff and so I wanted to run his cages and his spring eliminator and, and all that type of stuff, so I called him, he don't know who the hell I am, you know, and I didn't know who he was, you know, I just knew he was the right guy to talk to, so I called him be like, hey, you know, I wanted to work a deal or whatever and he kind of set me up on a dealer program and I'm just a kid, you know, just trying to race and he He helped me out, you know, and so that means a lot to me. Uh, I got quite a few product sponsors now that that helped me since day one. I will never leave them you know they're just I'm very very loyal to who helped me, especially from day one and Chad was one of the first guys that didn't bat an eye at it, you know and you know he's become a, a really good friend to me now. Uh, has been, you know, super inspirational to all of my racing program and my chassis company. And, you know, just to see what he has done with this, you know, his product line. And now he's got Spring Smashers and different avenues of what he's, you know, accomplished here. It's pretty wild. Everybody you talk to. And it, to me, I mean, he's, you're in Wisconsin. You know what I mean? I'm in the middle of, I see this stuff every day, like nice race car parts and stuff. You don't really figure, like, a guy in Wisconsin is going to make this nice as shit. You know what I mean? So... Uh, it's pretty wild just the stuff that he's if there is an issue or any kind of flaw or he feels like he can make something better in one way or another uh, it gets done you know what I mean there's like no questions asked it's done within a week you know and he's he's done a lot of different trinket parts for me that you know say that tie rod stud over there I just told him one day like hey I wish I could get rid of these inner tie rod ends and just run a stud with a rod end like two weeks later we got a tie rod stud you know what I mean so it's just pretty wild how how quick he gets everything turned around and uh, obviously now, he's, I talk to him at least once or twice a week, and he's been busy with switching shops over and doing this and that. And uh, The guy's wide open now he's into bicycles and everything else. So it's pretty crazy how many, you know, he's got his hand in everything. So never lost focus on the goal here of building, you know, really good race car parts and, and uh, building us what we need. How have things like the Ultra Force helped your program and
0: helped your chassis company to be able to work with the other racers?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, the Spring Smasher, for one, is a super cool tool that you need for, you know, any of your right rear stuff, left rear stuff for our our application. Uh, And then even bump stop stuff, we we do a lot of either left rear chain uh, bump stuff or right front bump stuff. Uh, rating everything, getting your grass, figure out where you need to be for maybe what track condition, whatever, so forth. So that's been huge, but I think the biggest tool for us is the, the, the pull-down stick. Uh, it's a load stick for like a right front, left front application. It's become dummy proof for me. You know, all of our shock mounts are in our correct location. So I can be like, hey, you know, this is what your load needs to be at, you know, 20 inches is what it needs to be at 19, 18, 17, you know? And, and so a guy can go out there and wipe the right front off of his car. Put all new stuff back on it, you know, reload test that whole deal, and, uh, you know, get himself dialed right back into where he was. Um, And we've done a lot with that, not just, you know, consistency of, you know, every week-to-week deal, but, you know, seeing how springs travel, uh, moving spring buckets around, jack bolts, and doing that. And then even into, you know, I've welded different shock mounts on the car to be able to to test with my bumps and everything, you know. So uh, the load stick, I feel like for a you know a decently affordable tool it's something that every dirt modified guy really needs what's your plan in 2020 uh so i'm gonna run my modified as much as i can that thing's been doing really well and and actually making some money you know so uh for me i gotta race it you know i gotta gotta try and race to to make money you know Uh, my chassis company does really well and supports itself but my racing side you know if you can go out there and at least break even and make money I think that's everyone's goal this year winning the national championship and you know I get a $20,000 payday next month when I go to the banquet so that's really nice I'm really trying to put all my money away to build a shop and and further the chassis you know business Uh, we're not gonna build a bunch of cars just I know that there's uh, avenues to you know for me to make money and and do really well with that if I could get in a bigger space and and do some stuff there so Really, that's my main focus this year, is trying to build a shop. But as far as racing, run my modified, obviously in Florida. Uh, we're working on some late model stuff to switch over to Bloomquist chassis next year. Uh, so that'll be big for me. I feel like, you know, driving wise, it fits my driving style more uh, than the Rocket stuff for the past couple years. And Rocket builds a great car, and they, they've helped me out a bunch. Just I, I want to do something a little bit different. So. And then um, I want to do some midget racing, midget and open wheel stuff, and, and that's kind of my focus there. Is I want to run a couple races, um, try and get a little bit better, and run Chili Bowl next year. I got a couple of buddies. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has become one of my best friends, and he's like my neighbor, so I see him almost every day, and he he pushes me along to to try and do that Chili Bowl deal. And last week we were at the bar, it was me and him, and like Kyle Larson, and. Uh, a couple of open wheel guys, and they're like, You need to run Chili Bowl this year. I'm like, Man, I ain't ready for that. You know, I, I raced one midget race last year. I ran decent, you know, but I don't want to just try and line up against some guys. I want to go out there and race a couple races before I throw myself to the wolves out of the Chili Bowl. So, any kind of race car I can get in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. So, talked about, you know, quite a bit different stuff, but midget racing is something that I, I would like to get into and, and run some races. Not saying I would ever go full time in that or anything like that. I mean, them guys, they put it all on the line, and a lot of them end up hurt one way or the other, or concussions and stuff or not saying you can't get hurt in a dirt modified but you know you're less likely I guess so so I I, I want to race some midget races so uh we're gonna try and do a little bit of that this year and then um you just never know what it'll take you perfect so chili bowl 2021 for Nick Hoffman. yeah I would like to uh it's one of you know it's an event that any racer wants to do at least once you know I ran one midget race this year at Belleville, which is my home track in Illinois, and run six with Power Eye, which Power Eye is, you know, it's not USAC, but it's tough, you know what I mean? Like, this, most of the time, the same guys are there. I mean, Logan C V, you know, and, and all them guys were there, and I run six with them, which I was happy with to show up for my first time, but uh, ran quite a few laps in a midget around Millbridge, uh, which is the go-kart track that my sister and brother-in-law own in North Carolina, and a lot of guys test for the Chili Bowl at Millbridge, whether it's you know, Chad Boat, Christopher Bell, you know, Larson's made quite a bit of laps there, Brad Sweet, um, all of them guys. So uh, made a million laps there, just uh, I need you know, just race you know, get myself acclimated to racing around them guys and stuff and, and doing that. So that deal is really tough. Uh, the late mile deal is, is tough you know as far as racing and you're kind of it's every man for himself, and you know you got to get it while you can but that midget racing man if you don't slide somebody you're getting slid the next lap you know or next corner so um you know they they throw a lot of elbows and they ain't scared to you know to run you over but that's just the type of racing they do and I would enjoy it so yeah chili bowl has always been a bucket list thing and uh it's such an event last year I went and hung out and and did all that and this year I'm gonna do the same thing just hang out and check it out and Uh, as far as a race fan there's like no other spectacle like it i mean the dome next week is is huge the just to see the event and and the way they put everything on the pyrotechnics and the driver intros and everything it is an event but chili bowl is like its own deal you know well perfect i appreciate you sitting down we'll let you get back over to your car in the booths and everything um but
0: best of luck in 2020 yeah i appreciate it thanks for having me